You have to be right up against the mic. I know. Well, it gives you good bass. Hello. I'm all about that bass. Oh, boy. It's um, a song. Welcome to I Used to Know. I'm Scott. And I'm Steve. We are your hosts for this adventure into the past. Where we dive into things we used to know when we were kids that are no, no longer, longer true. true. Hey, Scott. Hey, Steve. Scott, back when we were growing up, you remember whenever our families would go on vacation, it was this big adventure, right? No matter where we were going, our families are driving there. Oh, yeah. There were no plates. No, that's right. It was a three-hour trip, maybe a 10-hour trip, 24-hour trip, nonstop in the car. You're just going. Cannibal run to Florida. That's right. That's right. You had to do what you needed to do for your vacation. Absolutely. We learned fast how to survive a battle wagon road trip. Absolutely. I remember my battle wagon, the one that my family took to all these different locations. It was a 1977 Ford LTD Country Squire wagon. Country Squire. Yes. It was maroon with, of course, the wood trim paneling on the side, the fake wood on the side. You gotta have the wood trim. It was the height of luxury. Who wouldn't want that? Bench seats. Nice. Real pleather. <laughs> it has leather plastic, and plastic that's, together. That's right. That's right. It had a hood ornament, a little thing in the front there. Of course, with its little safety chain to make sure that if somebody was, you hit somebody, they wouldn't get killed by the by the hood ornament. Yeah, most luxury cars have that. Yes. Including the Country Squire. Oh, and to make sure your headlights would never get dirty, they had covers on the headlights. And when you turn them on, they would retract up and away. They did not. They did. Are you kidding? I remember this car. They did yes. not have those. They did. Well, the That's first like version. Porsche. No, no. So the first one, well... <laughs> There were no aerodynamics like a Porsche on this car. Bricks (laughs) have better aerodynamics than this car. All right. And so there was, yeah, there was these little covers that were just rectangles in this flat front. There were no curves. All right. (laughs) Right angles. You were just brute force forcing air out of your way. (laughs) And these headlights would come up and these retraction things, then you'd have four headlights, right? The ones that were for low beam, and then you had ones for high beam. That's amazing. I did not know that. Yeah. You know, and and ours was the height of luxury with regard to power windows. Oh, you didn't even have to roll it? Nope. It It was a button, and they would always stick, but that's okay. (laughs) And then power locks, right? So we had power locks. Um, The car had a 7.5 liter V8. That's a beast. It was a huge beast. Holy cow. Absolutely. You needed all that horsepower to move this steel station wagon down the highway. Zero to 60 in 4.9 minutes. (laughs) Pretty much, but... We had AM and FM. There were speakers. There wasn't just the one speaker. We had four. Stereo. Yes, there were two in the front and two in the back. It was magical. Oh, you were spoiled. I know. And ours was special because we had air shocks in the back so that you could put your air pump on it and you could raise the back end of the station wagon up Oh, so that you could tow. So we, we would tow a trailer and we took that everywhere we went, whether it was with the trailer or without. Our battle wagon was our family travel machine. Man, I'm jealous. And where, where'd you go? Oh, well, I mean, we went everywhere, but uh, I mean, probably the most memorable of our trips was a trip down to Florida. You know, we did our, if you're from the East Coast, mm-hmm. at least once in your life, you got to take the road trip to Florida. You got to. Right? You know, we get in the, in the battle wagon and we just start heading down. We took it in two days. 
two we, days. So we stopped, you know, in South Carolina. Actually, we stopped just past. If you've done road tripping in the East Coast, I know what you're going to say. Yep, you have to stop at South, South of the border. border. Gotta go there, right? <laughs> at least stare at the fireworks if you don't buy any, because <laughs> they were illegal in New Jersey. <laughs> Big giant sombrero building. Oh my for god! Some well, it was a tower. You could actually climb yeah. up the sombrero and yeah. hang out on the rim of the hat. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to build a giant sombrero, you better be able to go up to the top of it. And that was probably some of the best entertainment you had on that trip, right? Was watching the 1,000 signs, road signs, <laughs> as you approached. <laughs> you're only 3,000, you know, 2,000 miles away from south of the border. You're only 1,000 miles away from the south of the border. You're only 50 miles away from the south of the border. You're only six miles away from the south. There were so many road signs to tell you you were going. And then even when you left it, it was like, you just missed the south of the border. You missed it by 20 miles. Who so, needs an odometer when you have the south of the border billboards? Yes. And this machine was such a beast that when we would we would actually eat at like roadside, like those rest stops, we would use the picnic benches and we'd cook there. Oh, okay. Right? So we would cook and we'd make like hot dogs and hamburgers or something. Yeah. 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 Like a little picnic? Yeah. And then we would wrap the leftovers in tinfoil, take them with us. That's when I discovered the beauty of our battle wagon in that we could take a hot dog that was wrapped in tinfoil and the engine was so hot that the firewall from the front seat, like, you know, the between the engine and the and the passenger compartment. Yeah, you're inside the passenger inside compartment. inside the compartment. And the, the wall, the steel wall, the firewall between the engine and you. That's supposed to protect you from the heat. Yes. But it did, but the heat was just so intense that that was so hot that we could take these tinfoil hot dogs and put them up against where our feet would be, like over by the firewall. You are kidding No, me. and in like 25 miles, they'd be steaming hot. <laughs> we would eat warm hot dogs from the engine. You'd be eating warm engine hot dogs from, from the Yeah, but the it wasn't like we put them in the your... engine. They were still in tinfoil. <laughs> they were okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. That's how we made it, it to Florida. It saves you a bunch of time. You don't have to stop to cook the hot dogs. No, but it didn't really matter. You were stopping all the time for gas anyway. No, it wasn't no. like that thing was a, you know EPA special. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, well, for us, uh, the long trip that we always took was... From New Jersey to North Carolina. Now, it wasn't Florida, but it was still a good 14-hour trip. Mm. I mean, that's a long time in the car. Mm. And I tell you, this, um, like the license plate bingo game that everybody plays in the car, I just, you know, it was only good for like an hour or two. By the time you get, you know, the, the 10 states around where you are, no one's going to find Hawaii. No one's going to find Alaska. So it gets boring after a while. And the rest of that trip is just going to be crazy long boredom. And there's no iPads, no DVD players. You don't have cell phones back then. But you know what? Back in the day, I had the Mattel handheld electronic football game. You remember this thing? I do. Yeah, it was, it was like this little white handheld uh, electronic game. And I was the big red dot. Yeah, that's kind of like my team. And then there are these other five little not-so-bright red dots. And I got to run my little red dot past those guys as fast as I possibly can brainless and fun and uh, made a lot of beeps and boops and uh, oh man it was addicting and it was a perfect way to spend about 10 hours in that car or, or at least until my thumbs went really numb or the rest of the cars went crazy because you, they kept hearing beeps and boops the whole time because <laughs> right, you can't turn off the volume there were no headphone jacks or anything <laughs> but dad I just scored 7 points well I think that takes us to what this episode is all about doesn't it it's how I used to know how to survive a battle wagon road trip. And so let's get the full picture of what these battle wagon road trips were like. Oh, yeah. And to do that, we need to understand the history behind the families that were taking these trips. 
we have to understand the origin of the road trip. All right, perfect. Because I've got the Wayback Machine right here. It's all fired up, ready to go. And I know that every time that I try to use the Wayback Machine, Scott, you jump in and tell me that I'm not going back far enough. Who, me? Yeah. Well, I got your number. I'm one step ahead of you right now. All right. I'm setting this dial. You ready? Right. Yeah. Back to 5 million BC. Ha! 5 million? Yes. Um, oh. Okay, well, uh, go for it. I, I'm not there. So it's all yours. <laughs> What's well, mine is yours. Let's go 5 million. That's not what you're supposed to do. That's not what you're supposed to do. No. 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 I was setting it up so that you would say, that's not far enough, and you go even farther. I got nothing at 5 million BC. I got nothing. Well, what were like, you thinking? Well, come on. It's car trips, so it's going to be like somewhere in the 70s, somewhere in the 50s. Oh, well, I mean, I was going to take it to 200 BC. <laughs> You're kidding me. I, so I only overshot by a couple million BC. Well, a million, yeah. There's a few million there, but yeah, BC. You're still going 200 BC. 200 You're BC. still going like Stone Age. Well, well no. No. Okay. Right. I'm going to the Romans. To the Romans. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to get this right at some point. Go ahead. How are the Romans tied into our American battle wagon road, battle trips. Wagon road trips? Well, I want to take us back to about 400, 200 BC in that zone there. Mm -hmm. All right. So you have rich Roman families, right? The one percenters of their time, they would take their families on vacation, believe it or not. You know, so if you're a senator in Rome, in ancient Rome, right, you get sick of the city. You want to take your family out. Now, you didn't have like weekends. They didn't have like weekends to go on vacation or things like that. Mm. But they did have a million like festivals. Festivals for like every god, everything. So a lot so of things to do. There were a lot of vacation times that you could take. So they would load up their, you know, they would hitch up their, their, you know, horses and get their kids together and they would go on a road trip. And the reason why I took us to Rome for this particular kind of vacation is because Rome had roads. Oh, Remember yeah. our maps in our maps podcast, we talked Rome about that. had roads. So they did really go on road trips. They would take their family to inns on their way to different journeys. They would take their kids to like their country house uh, and they would go and breathe the fresh air of the country, which we do today. Even, right. Get right? stuck in traffic with a whole bunch of other chariots. <laughs> That's right. A chariot accident on, on the major highway. <laughs> yeah. So they would go out. In fact, uh, some of them, when they would go to their homes, they, their idea of vacationing was uh, kind of like an agritourism kind of thing. They would actually, these people from the city would like to go and do some light farming. Yeah, for fun. Yeah. yeah. But the reason why it took us to 200 BC-ish mm -hmm. is because historians like, oh boy. Do it. Herodotus. Herodotus. That's better. Herod okay. I'll take that one. And <laughs> Callimachus of Cyrene. Yes. All right. So these two guys, they're starting to write history books, you know, going into the, you know, library of, at Alexandria and everything. Mm -hmm. And so what did they write about? Well, they were talking about this cool concept of the wonders of the world. And people in Rome wanted to see the wonders of Rome. All so seven they would, of them. So they would go on vacations, the really rich ones, to go see these wonders of the world. They're like vacation destinations. They're like, the oh, let's go Disney see. Disney World of the time. The Hanging Gardens or... Or, or the ruins of the Hanging Gardens or whatever. They, they, but they were listed. In, and we don't actually have the official writings from these two, but we do know there are referenced in many other historical documents. So the Romans would take their family on road trips. There you go. Like, like going off to Disney World. 
Yes. And the whole time, I'm sure, their kids were all shouting, no tamen ibi sunta. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, that's Latin for, are we there yet? <laughs> you really went into Google and found. Yes. What? All right. I, I wouldn't put it past you. Yeah. No tamen ibi sunta. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I could see how the uh, the Roman experience on the roads parallels our own in the 60s, 70s, 80s, kind of the jump from the Romans to modern day America. I think there's a there's a pretty good summary that's been done by a, by an author, Richard Rattay, and he wrote this uh, this article called "Don't Make Me Pull Over." It's an informal history of the family road trip. And he kind of laid out how the family road trip kind of came to be and hit its uh, hit its peak in the 60s and 70s. Um, and it's all based in, 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 in the history of America going into and out of World War II. Look at the World War II. People are coming home from the war. Well, we won the war. Uh, these young men have been overseas and they've traveled the world and seen many beautiful and in some cases horrible things. But now they have this they have this new desire to travel. You know, they like they, they like to see more than just their hometown. Well, speaking of a desire to travel, there's also the desire that led to the baby boom. So now you've got these these young families that are looking for something Lots to of do. Them. Lots of young families. And on top of that, at the same time, Eisenhower is building up the um, the road system. So we've got this new highway system that's starting to mature. And there's air travel that's available, but honestly, it's way too expensive for the annual for the average uh, Joe or Joanne. So all these families decide, hey, I've got this car, I've got the highway system, I've got all this uh, disposable income from the booming economy post-war. Road trip, everybody, and that's how it all starts. That's very cool. That takes us, I think, to the actual evolution of the station wagon. Needs something to drive around. You, if you've got a big family, you know, you need to take them uh, somewhere in a, you know, with some room. Yeah, DeSoto's and not going to do it. You, you need to spread out. Plus, you got to bring your gear. That's the big key here, right? Because, I mean, if you've ever traveled with kids, yeah, yeah, you and your wife may be able to handle like, going on vacation on a little bag. Yeah. But if, as soon as you bring kids, it somehow magically goes to like 10 bags that's right that's the, the phrase travel light <laughs> goes away nothing in a family yeah station wagons become cramped with stuff <laughs> so much stuff yeah so the first station wagon we basically go to is the ford motor company and they begin to produce uh their own station wagon in 1929 it marks the first time a station wagon is part of the regular catalog and for those of you who may not understand a station wagon it's kind of like a sedan but then you remove the trunk and replace the trunk with like the bed of a truck, but you cover it. Now, that's some people exactly might be, right. yeah, but some people might be thinking, well, that's an SUV. Don't, Before SUVs. Yes. First of all, these are usually rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. They're not usually all wheel drive or, or, you know, or front wheel drive didn't exist at all then. And they're squat. Compared and they're to squat. They are just as high as a regular car. That's what a station wagon is. When Ford made these, the popularity of these things just kind of took off. Why not? They're amazing. Well, I mean, again, like you said, you've got these families that want to travel. What better way to travel than in a station wagon? It's functional. That's right. So the company made about 5,200 of them in in 1929, and they sold them for about $700 each. What? 
seven hundred dollars. Yeah, seven hundred dollars in nineteen twenty nine dollars. Twenty nine. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Wow. Yeah. I was gonna so say where have still I been buying my cars? Yeah, exactly. And so basically, these station wagons would become the main way families would travel. These steel whales of the highway would remain in control of the family road trips until 1984. And then in 1984, well, a new new, uh, new commander of the road trips Big came Big Brother, out. 1984. Yes. But I'm thinking more of the minivan. Uh, that was 1984. The minivan started the minivan, Now they're the everywhere. Dodge Caravan, Plymouth Voyager. Those two uh, vans ended up taking over the spot of the of the uh, station wagon. That's what we're that's what we're taking uh, the trips announced. Uh, the, yeah, the minivans. But I want to point out this podcast is not about station wagons. No, we've been no. talking a lot about them. Yeah, I know. But this podcast is about battle wagon road trips. Oh, the battle wagon. So the question is, what is a battle wagon? Oh, easy. Battle wagon is a post-apocalyptic car that you've got all these like giant turrets and spikes coming out of so that you can drive through the desert Mad Max style and protect your uh, your family from the, the angry hordes trying to get your gasoline. Believe it or not, you're not far away from the truth. The, the actual technical term of battle wagon these days does mean a modified station wagon that's like jacked up like a Jeep or really modded out so that it's like super extreme. Okay. All right. So yeah. that's, but what we're thinking road trip battle wagons I think we're, I'm thinking more towards what a battle wagon meant in World War II. And a battle wagon in World War II, that was a battleship. Oh, okay. So, first of all, station wagon's about the size of that on the highway. <laughs> more or less. Made of steel, yeah. almost as indestructible as them. Um, but more importantly, you know, when you're going to go on vacation with your kids and you're going to drive for hours and hours in a station wagon, before you do that, what are you preparing to do? You're getting ready. You're getting ready for battle. You are. You're getting ready for complete battle. Battle against hunger, against the temperatures, against boredom. <laughs> yep. You are in, and if you're a parent, I mean, you need to prepare for this battle. So this is why I like to think of him as the battle wagon, which is the nickname we gave our station wagon was the battle wagon. I remember. That's what you called it. Mm-hmm. It also had another nickname we gave it, the tank. <laughs> Appropriate yeah. for that machine. So the whole idea here was to prepare for this trip so that you would not lose your mind. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about these road trips in these battle wagons, all right, shall we? Yep. All right. If we're going to go on a road trip, what's the first thing you try to call dibs on in the car? I mean, for me, I would call the back seat that way, the, the seat that was away from the sun so that I wouldn't have the sun in my eyes. And that it depend on whether you're going west or east? It, it did. It absolutely did. And you know, in my 11-year-old mind, I was like, aha, I'm going to pick the right side of the car because there's no sun on the right side of the car. And my father would drive out of the, out of the garage down the driveway. And make a U-turn. Make a turn. <laughs> as soon as he turned, you know, the sun is... And, and, and you've committed to that seat. There's no, there's no swapping your seat mid trip so i usually got sunburned on one half of my face that was usually what happened well so what about you well i think the key to this whole thing is where you would sit right yeah, so that, that is the key to this from the options perspective i love calling shotgun all right i love the shotgun seat yeah shotgun. i know you're shaking your head yeah, that, that, a lot of responsibility comes with shotgun i i know i mean first of all if you're in the shotgun position which is the passenger seat front passenger if you're not aware of this you know, you are second in command. You are. 
You're the co-pilot. You have controls over the heating system, the cooling system. You have controls on this battle wagon. You had controls of everybody's windows, so you can mess mm-hmm. around with people. You have a lot of power. The radio. That's true. Right? You have controls over that. But there is the one mega downside. Big downside. You get lost. You are the navigator. You're stuck. It is on you. It is. Because <laughs> as you know, in our maps podcast, there was no GPS. Nope. I was the GPS. Yeah. I would have my Rand McNally <laughs> giant map, and it was my job to get us to where we needed to go. My dad's job was to point the car. He's driving. He's not going to be looking at a map. <laughs> no, and I am and I also have to be like surveying the highway. I'm like yeah. looking for signs. I'm like, oh, you need to be in the right lane or the left lane or no, 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 this highway is going to go over here. See, I could not do that. And then we did traffic. You had to try to get around the traffic. Too much. That's why you sit in the back seat. You sit in the back seat. You are a passenger. You are along for the ride. Yeah, my, my mom liked being in the backseat. Yeah, of course. That was her preferred it's spot. Because you can be back there playing electronic football. I, I guess, but she'd be there with my brother, and that's cool for them. <laughs> I preferred the second there, command seat. Okay, so you would pick the shotgun seat. I right? did. Against, uh, you know, the, the advice of wisdom. But, all right. but I think what is safe to say is that neither of us would ever want the hump seat. Oh, no. That's a, it shouldn't even be a seat, the hump now, seat. I don't know if everybody knows what the hump seat is. I gotta. I mean, well, it's, it's self-explanatory. I don't... We haven't seen a, a car middle hump in uh, a while now no, in cars. That's true. Now that I think about it, it's, all, no. it's not there anymore. Yeah, I can get into the details of why, but again, this podcast isn't about all that. Basically, the hump is most of our cars were real-wheel drive, Right. So you have a drive shaft that goes from the transmission to the rear differential. Yep, and it's got to go through somewhere. It's And you can't put it too low, otherwise you're going to hit all the rocks and stuff and the potholes will make your car dip down and you're going to break your drive shaft. Mm-hmm. So you got to somehow get it from point A to point B, which meant that the floor in the car would be flat and then it would have to go up a rolling hill through the middle of the car. Like 18 inches. Yes, and then come back down on the other side. Now... These were bench seats. We didn't have bucket seats. They were nope. bench seats. So that meant there was a seat in the middle. That is the, the hump, hump seat. seat. So, no fun. No fun. Yeah. So basically, if you're sitting there, you're straddling this big bump between your legs <laughs> <laughs> on the floor. And uh, that's usually where you also probably put the youngest person or something when you were traveling. Uh, short legs. Shorter legs. Yeah. It didn't bother them so much because you would just be like all cramped up. Because you, you had no place to go. One foot would go to one person. The other foot would go to the other person. It was like you were, you were annoying two different people if you were stuck in the And you were there for hours. Oh, the, my God. The other the other seat you'd try to stay away from, the seat in the way, way back of the station wagon. You remember this? The, uh, the rear-facing seat? <gasps> some station wagons had that. We did not. But yeah. Some did. You're uh-huh. right. It was kind of like if you have ever done something with a rear seat today where the seat can fold down into the bottom of the car. Yeah, like collapsible right. seat. Right, like if you have a minivan, you could take those back row of seats and like lay them flat so that you can make the minivan big, right? Right. Think of it the opposite way. Facing the other way. Yeah, you would take these things that were in the floor and you would lift them up and they would become the backrest for the seat, right? Yeah. So you'd climb in on the back seat, you know, the back of the van or the station wagon, you'd climb in and the, the, <laughs> the bench was like as high as the bumper. <laughs> With the glass like right up against your nose. And then you had the, the seat behind you with the pleather and, and you would be sitting there staring backwards. At the car coming at you. Yes. And it just, I, I, I've been back there a couple times. Me too. Did not feel right. There's just, I mean, 
some people are like, oh yeah, it was cool to be back there. I don't know, man. I mean, that that seemed like it, like it was asking for some kind of you know horrible injury way back there. <laughs> well, the only time it was cool to be back there is if you were with a bunch of people that decided to have fun with the person behind them. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to harass other drivers, yes. yeah, sure, it's a great seat. It was great. You could make posters. You could make funny faces. <laughs> um, absolutely. Yeah. You know. Ever hear road rage? It's probably not the best idea. Well, we didn't really worry about it too much because we were in a gigantic steel whale. <laughs> you're, you're in a fortress. We could yeah. pretty much take out almost any other car That's that true. was out there. That's true. What's going to happen? It could be bad. Yeah. You know, another good seat not to try for besides mm-hmm. the hump seat is basically any middle seat even middle if it's in deck. the front uh yeah, for, oh yeah because uh, you have bench seats yeah you're in there in the middle of everything so there's still a hump mm-hmm. right so yeah. there's still a hump in the middle except now you got a lot of other obstacles there's all this stuff up in the front well stick shift yeah right i mean stick shifts aren't very you don't see them in in um that many cars these days i mean they're still around they're in sports cars they're mm-hmm. in and in fact, now stick shifts are being turned into paddles. But it means if you're in the middle seat, then whoever's the driver is throwing their elbow into your face. They're they're moving that stick around. You've oh got yeah, no place for your feet. No, yeah, and you got one foot towards the driver, so you got to make sure you don't stretch that foot into the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the stick shift coming out from like basically between you. <laughs> you know, and they're shifting unless they had this stick shift in the column, because some cars, the manual transmission, the stick shift was actually where the uh, was in the column and you'd have to shift gears inside the column of the steering wheel yeah you're starting to sell me on the uh on the shotgun seat now all these bad seats in the in the car well and don't forget the middle seat in the front i just want to point out that's also where the single heater vent for the entire car was <laughs> so, so you're just like, gonna receive yeah so like my minivan today all that heat has like, like 10 heater vents like spread out through the car mm. it's like you know i could basically in a blink of an eye change the entire you know climate control of the vehicle that is not how cars the battle wagon worked no you, you can't set a temperature in one of these cars you just tell you had a dial that was blue or red it wasn't you a just dial turned. it was a slider it was a, that's right it was, <laughs> it was a slider which was basically just opening up that vent yeah do i want engine heat <laughs> Or not? <laughs> Do wanna, there was only two options: yes or no. Do I want to <laughs> breathe in all that carbon monoxide, or just a little carbon monoxide reduction? So you had your four vents in the front dashboard, right? You had the gigantic heater vent that was by the hump in the middle. So if you were sitting in that middle seat, you were just your feet were getting cooked. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, along with the hot dogs. Yeah. Very, very smart, very fancy. Now, now, do you remember one of the most fun places to sit in the car? Or shall I say truck? Sit in the truck. In the truck. Nah. The bed of the truck. Oh, in the, oh that's not safe. Of course of, it wasn't safe. <laughs> the bed of the truck. Of course it back, wasn't yeah, safe. Yeah, but, but it's fun. You're right. In Boy Scouts, we did it quite a few times. That is true. You kind of you kind of feel like uh, like you're just driving around in a parade. It's, except yeah. you're just alone on the street of a <laughs> driving down the road and and though i'm sure the person driving it never went above like 30 miles an hour it oh, felt yeah. like we were screaming oh. down the road oh yeah i'm sure and you, know. you hit a you hit a bump you're not strapped into anything you no can... and that's the only time you wanted the hump seat because the hump and the belt and the bed of the truck were yeah. the wheel wells yeah right so you actually had a seat you yeah. were sitting on the floor <laughs> that's a good point of course, you're always worried about flipping off the side. That, that could be details. Bad. Details. That could be the truck bed. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But, but that was also the bed of the truck was useful for hitchhikers, which were pretty prevalent in the 70s. No. Oh, okay. Because now you could just be like jump in the back. Jump and in then, the back. And you're, then you're in the front. You've got uh, you know your 
glass between you and the hitchhiker. You yes. don't know this person. Yeah, you don't know. Plus, you know, if you're a hitchhiker... You don't know the driver. You don't. And in the same respect, you know, I, you know, when's the last time you've seen a shower? Oh, that's a good point. So I don't want you in my passenger cabin. It's good cabin. to be alfresca. Yeah, alfresca. Well, and it's also, yeah, you don't have to have like, somebody in the car with you. You don't have to have like all that chit chat. Just person in the back, whenever they want to leave to be dropped off, all they have to do is just hit the side of the... Yep. truck and you slow down and they jump out now of course what's the next thing we cared about next thing you care about is trying to keep yourself occupied maybe with music right tunes, need tunes absolutely that's again the reason why i liked the shotgun position mm-hmm. i was commander of the radio yeah. except for my dad so you can control <laughs> you can control the the radio but you've got the am and the fm right? ours did all right so if you want the talk radio you're in control well there was music on am back then or you can barely hear it, right? The AM is kind of very static. Yeah, but that's what, I mean, WABC, right? Mm. 77 AM, then NBC, 66 AM when we were growing up. <laughs> till they all became talk. So now you've got you've got eight-track tapes, maybe. You've got cassette oh, yeah. players, maybe. You've got an eight-track tape player that could be a cassette player. You can, there are all these things that you could buy to shove into the front of your car to play music. But you got now you've got not just the music that you want to play through the player, but you have to have some way to store all the cassettes and all the stuff that you need. And so, not in the sunlight. No, you get all that stuff. Because that would melt. warp. Yeah, it would yeah. warp the tapes. Yeah, it's all gone. Mm-hmm. So so if you're sitting up in the front, you're losing leg space by the by the minute from all the stuff that's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So until you've got the Walkman. You remember the Walkman? I remember the Walkman. No, you just, it wasn't just music for everybody in the car. You put the tape in, you press play, got your headphones on, you got four AA batteries in it, and it lasted two hours. Two full hours of personalized music, and it's just for you, right? You don't have to worry about your parents or your sister or brother having to listen to all 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 your music. It was just yours. Then yeah, you, a couple of years later, now you've got a portable CD player. Maybe? I had one of those. And uh, I'm Radio sure Shack. Radio Shack. It was mm-hmm. about the size of your lap. It looked like, uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, the tricorder from Star Trek, like the original one. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that tricorder, that big black thing, that was that was about the size of it. It's, it's like it was like a World War One radio, and it took six D size batteries. <laughs> Must to run for like two hours. Must have weighed a ton. It did. It was it was more like a luggable than it was a portable. <laughs> portable. It was it was a hey, make sure you spend five minutes putting this and thing it would into skip the car. all the time. Oh man. Yeah, but so and then you have to have the batteries because it's not like you were running this thing off of uh, you know a, a USB cord somewhere. Yes. Although if you were lucky, you could get a cigarette lighter adapter. Yeah. And we still, to this day, use cigarette lighters as a power source. But, you know, what was amazing was what we used to know was cigarette lighters were actually cigarette lighters. And they actually, it was there so that you could heat up that little coil. Mm-hmm. There was a thing in there. It wasn't just a holder. There was a gadget that you'd push it, and then that would make a contact so that it would the electric would basically create resistance like a little electric stove. and it would just heat up glowing red and then it would pop out when it got hot enough yeah it's basically like a cattle brand yeah but in your car yeah and then you try to shove it close to your face so that you could light your cigarette yep yeah yeah so you didn't use flames you you basically lit it on an an electric stove (laughs) so much safer yeah what could possibly go wrong who wants fire in their car but what's funny is that we still have cigarette lighters to this day we still call it that 
but yeah, I haven't. Did, but, my, my, the car that I just bought has the has the holes, but didn't come with the cigarette lighter. Right. Just, no, I haven't seen one of them in ages. No, you just have to buy your own adapter and shove something in there for your GPS yeah. or for your phone. Or for and soon they'll all go away for these little USB things, I think, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's the next step. Yep. Which, of course, if we've got musical entertainment, this also means that we need boredom prevention, mm-hmm. a.k.a. other entertainment. You're in that car a long time. And, of course, every parent in the back when we were growing up would tell us, just Bring read a, a book. book. Read a book. Yeah. Book. yeah. What do they know? And of course, every kid growing up would say the same thing. They make me nauseous. <laughs> That's true. Because did. Well, one, they did a little they bit. Honestly did. Yeah. And then the second part is, of course, you didn't want to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, maybe, maybe like a comic book. Maybe, uh, you know, some kind of simple magazine. magazine. Yeah, look yeah. at some pictures. Boy's Life. Yeah, why not? Popular science. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm but, not going to read 1984. <laughs> no. And and like I said, it would and it would make you, and you know, if that's the kryptonite for parents, mm-hmm. it's to say you're getting nauseous. Oh, you don't want to be car sick. You, you, you don't want to be around somebody who's car sick. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that would ruin the road trip in a second. Oh, yeah. So, so that was your perfect weapon if you were a kid. <laughs> you would just <laughs> be like, I'm not feeling good. Oh, hey, oh, yeah. What do you need? Anything you need. <laughs> You need you need twelve Coca Colas, whatever it takes. Ice cream makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so okay, the book maybe, but so then I have games. You need to have some kind of game. I used to have these pocket games. Pocket games. Yeah, there were these little games that had like little BBs in them. Oh yeah. And then I mean, for a while though, that was the big thing. You would collect a whole bunch of different kinds. You had baseball ones, and pinball game ones. And oh, I had like a little spring thing in there. Yeah. You flick. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. That that would work. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was good for about an hour, hour or two. Maybe I will say this is part of the reason why it was fun to be the navigator. Why? Because you were always busy. Oh, that's a good point. I let the time go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the back, I was just kind of like staring at the roof. <laughs> Um, that's uh, why I had my electronic football. Mad Libs. Mad Libs, Now, yes. we all did Mad Libs in the family. Oh, yay. Yeah. Right? One person would have the book and then shout out, like, give me an adjective. That's the thing. One. Yep. You, you actually learn what an adjective is through <laughs> Mad Libs. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. I can do that. Yep. And we still did. Actually, my kids and uh, my family have done that. Yeah. Well, they're funny. They are. Yeah. The I mean, Star Wars one. It's right. so silly. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Mad Libs are great. Yeah. We, we already talked about, like, the license plate bingo game. Mm-hmm. Um, invisible ink and the invisible ink books those were great yes and you could you could play with other people or you could mm-hmm. have like your own like little like s- a hangman hangman uh battleship was in there what else did they have well, they had tic-tac-toe but that was sort of dumb yeah because it was like you had to play against the person but then you would actually draw an x right now and mm-hmm. like you know i could just use paper and pen for this yeah i don't need invisible ink and the, half of the fun was just using yeah. the pen oh, yeah. to make the whatever the invisible ink appear and uh you know i hate that they had uh, mystery uh, games where you had to try to figure out who was the robber of some kind of bank and uh, yep. oh yeah i remember those you know what one of my favorite games though driving in the car was mm, what and this was included school buses a game that included school buses well in the school bus you could do the same game too oh try to get the truck driver to blow his air horn Right? Oh, so yeah. the truck would come by you, and you would you would put your your the arm your thing. arm thing. You would put your your fist up into the air at a right angle. You pull on the and rope. You'd pull like you were pulling on the the rope of the th- of the truck. Yeah. And a truck came by, you'd pull it twice or something, trying to convince them. And then if you had a really cool trucker, he'd be like, rah, rah, and then everybody would like, ah! 
It was like the highlight of the trip. Oh, somebody beeped. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Now let's try for another 45 minutes. <laughs> try exactly. to get some other truckers. One out of 50 truckers would do it. <laughs> Speaking of truckers, yeah. you, if you had a CB radio, you could kill time with that. Oh, you kill a ton. You just have conversations with people. Yeah, sure. CB yeah. radio. We didn't have that. You had that. I had that. Yeah, Skyboy. Skyboy. Sky I used Very to know famous, CB radio. Famous Skyboy. Mm. Yeah. Yes. 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 So yeah, you're playing games, but you're also maybe you kill some time eating. Oh yeah. Well, the hot dogs. Mm-hmm. No, we you, talked about that. The, the, Cooking hot dogs on the road. Uh, um, next time you offer me a hot dog, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for a minute before. I, I swear I've not cooked any in a car recently. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, you probably just like have like a little car picnic, right? You're going on this big long road trip. Oh, yeah. You just shove a bunch of food into a cooler. Well, and fast food was rare back then, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah, there were McDonald's. Yeah. I mean, they did exist. There was gas station, but food. they weren't. Well, gas stations really didn't have food. Remember, gas stations were like gas mechanics. You'd have a vending machine. There was usually like a quick check or not a quick check, but whatever. It was some sort of like. Maybe gas stations in the um, in the South had food because I do remember driving yeah. and my father would make us all wait to eat until we made it to this certain gas station where they had a deal on hot dogs and soda. Well, a lot of those were rest stops. Like you'd have these like even like little gas stations that would be called rest stops mm-hmm. because a rest stop had food and drink. The gas stations, they just usually just had gas. And yeah, a mechanic yeah, on duty. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, try to find a gas station with a mechanic on duty. Oh, good luck. That's <laughs> that's not doesn't exist. Yeah. Money being what it was, we used to bring sandwiches and sodas in a cooler. Mm-hmm. Man, why, why pay for that? You can just uh, have your food, have a big bag of chips. Yep, yep. And what was fun when we would do these road trips is we'd have the cooler in the station wagon in the back. Mm-hmm. So as we're driving around, somebody would be like, I'm hungry. Can you get me a soda? So the person's job in the backseat, usually my brother, with his job was to take off his lap belt. There were no shoulder straps. Take off his lap belt and then (laughs) dive into the back of the station wagon while we were hauling down the highway at 65 miles an hour, changing lanes. He's in the back of the station wagon, you know, Yoda doing the Yoda thing (laughs) through the cooler, trying to find the soda we want. You want orange soda, dad? I'll get you an orange soda, you know, and just pulling out what we wanted. Yeah, so uh, that was road trips back then. So, Steve, yeah. you got anything else? Uh, the only other thing I got out there is um, maybe a shout out for this TV show I really like. Whenever I want to kind of like relive those family road trips, there's this uh, TV show on TBS called The Detour. The Have you heard of this one? No. All right, so it's um, it's a family of four. And um, it stars Jason Jones and Natalie Z. They're the parents of two kids, and they're just going off on a family road trip. But after the first episode, things get crazier and crazier and crazier. Um, and it just makes me laugh every time. So if you ever get a chance, it's not for everyone. It's TV mature, so warning to families. But uh, but it's uh, it's it's a fun time. Hmm. How about you? Well, I would do a similar shout out, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go to the classics. Okay. Uh, my shout out is going over to um, to National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, of course. You yes. got to talk about National Lampoon. Oh, come on. You know, so what a great movie. Really, really funny. Um, the classic Griswolds. It defines the family vacation. And defines the family battle wagon because the Griswolds 1979 family truckster wagon queen. It's like the Caprice. <laughs> It was the LTD. Actually, it was based on the LTD Country Square Wagon. They just kind of, I think they added like two more sets of headlights, right? I mean, they, they really they just removed the covers like nine, off the headlights. Nine 
nine rear of your mirrors and stuff. I mean, it was like crazy cool. You know, a total shout out to the National Lampoon's Vacation. If you really uh, yes. want to see what it was like to be on a road trip growing up, that's a pretty good approximation. But I will warn everyone, it is rated r mm-hmm. so and i remember when i watched it my parents would fast forward over any of the racy parts <laughs> and we were watching it on a betamax oh that's that's old school betamax old school, absolutely not even vhs wow. betamax and you have to be pretty good with that remote to get the that was my parents to to get past those racy parts they're, they're good all right well i guess that's how i used to know battle wagon road trips that's how i remember them And I'd say that's pretty much uh, the end of this show. We hope you liked this podcast of I Used to Know. Uh, Did you know we're on iTunes and TuneIn and iHeartRadio and Stitcher, Google Podcasts and Spotify? Oh my goodness, so many. I know. We're everywhere you can get a podcast fix. Well, if you did know about it, how about you go to your favorite pod player and give us a rating? Ratings help people find us. We really appreciate if you give us a rating. Also, do you have a suggestion, something you used to know that you'd like us to research or just want to talk about? Hey, come visit us on our Facebook page. Um, I used to know on Facebook or Twitter. It's I used to know pod and tell us about it. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks always to the amazing Stevie Jump for our theme song. Stevie Jump. Again, thanks for listening. Threes and eights, everybody. Talk to you soon. (laughs) Bye, everybody.